Hey, we're on. Hey. Hey. Hey, everybody. Hi. I need a new way to start this thing. <laughs> it's not so boring. This episode of the Joe Rogan Experience podcast is brought to you by Squarespace.com. Squarespace is, 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 it is an extremely easy way to build an awesome website. Everything is integrated, free domains and great designs, hosting, all in one place. You can choose from over 20 badass designs, use your custom images and content. If, if you've never been to Squarespace before, it's it's a beautiful invention. It's one thing that I have wanted uh, for decades since I got online. I guess it probably isn't decades. A, a decade. Maybe decades. Jesus Christ. I'm old. Um, I've always wanted to be able to create my own website, but I didn't have the patience. I'm way too ADD to like to sit down and, and learn how to code. But you could do something on Squarespace, simple and easy, and have it be a really nice website. In fact, we're going to put on a contest. Uh, we're working out the details right now. Um, but Squarespace and this podcast are working together to uh, – to, we're going to f- set up some sort of a contest where the person who has the, the best website that they design using Squarespace gets something cool or something like that. We'll figure out what it is. But – it's a, it's a website. It's a product that I really believe in. They also have a new e-commerce product called Galapagos. It's a new template that will showcase your e-commerce products in a more interesting way than the typical orderly grid. And Galapagos features a dynamic product mosaic with custom rollover states that allow you to display an alternate image when visitors hover over each item. So like when you go over an item with your cursor, your pointer, you know that little arrow thing, or a finger if you're a fucking weirdo. Uh, the template also... Uh, is preset with uh, the content pages you need to have your shop up and running quickly. If you're a musician, you can sell music on Squarespace. Super easy. You can set up your website to do that. Digital downloads and merchandise directly from your website. You can set up an online store. It works on everything. iPod, Android, Windows. If you're one of those Unix weirdos, it works on all that shit. Go to squarespace.com and check it out. Use the offer code Joe and the number 12 because we are in the month of December and you will save 10% off. You sign up for a yearly plan and that discount applies to the entire year. So use the offer code Joe and the number 12 because we're in the month of December. Get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts at squarespace.com and the offer code is Joe, all one word, and the number 12. We're also brought to you by Lumosity. And Lumosity.com is one of my favorite podcast sponsors because it's essentially a gym for your brain um as i've gotten older uh luckily i'm involved in things like the podcast and comedy and you know and mma commentary to a certain extent that keep my brain moving but a lot of us aren't you know a lot of us are stuck in cubicles and your fucking brain turns to jello and your brain works i don't know how your brain works because i'm not a doctor but there's a science called neuroplasticity and that's what square that's what lumosity is designed around and lumosity is designed around the idea that you can keep your brain active by using games it's not boring it's not like sitting there trying to do complex mathematics it's it's all designed as fun games and fun games with your specific goals in mind. Like there's a bunch of different options like memory. And then when you get to memory, if you go to lumosity.com, 
forward slash Joe. Um, you can uh, check out how everything is set up. But there's a bunch of different options like memory. You go to um, the, the first page and it allows you to work specifically on the things that you're trying to work on, like recalling the location of objects or learning new subjects quickly and accurately. And then you go to attention. It has a bunch of different things that are options for attention, concentrating while learning something new, avoiding distractions. And the the actual programs are designed, the games are designed to meet those specific goals. It's really interesting, it's really fun, and it's really effective. I've had a lot of positive feedback ever since we started using Lumosity as a sponsor. And it's all based on scientific research. By harnessing the brain's natural ability to adapt to new experiences, it can help with mental functions uh, like memory, attention, mental speed, problem solving, etc. The exercises are fun. It's uh, it's a really interesting thing, and it's something you can get addicted to. They also have apps for your phone, so you can uh, you can download the Lumosity app and you know fuck around on the bus or or what have you. So Lumosity.com forward slash Joe. Click the start training button and start playing your first game. That's Lumosity.com forward slash Joe. You you're really going to enjoy it. It's an excellent website, um, one of my personal favorites that uh, sponsor this show, and I, and I use it all the time. It's uh it's really something that's uh it's a unique thing to be able to do like a gym for your mind we're also brought to you by on it that's o-n-n-i-t.com um if you've never been on it before on it is essentially a human optimization website if you notice a theme here ladies and gentlemen i'm trying to help people improve okay <laughs> trying to get you to get your shit together and on it can help you with uh, essential nutrients like alpha brain and new mood different things that are designed to help enhance your body's production of human neurotransmitters and your body's production of certain hormones like testosterone your your body's uh, production of serotonin all this different stuff that's on on it there's science behind it it's all up at onnit.com, lots of information if you're curious. And one of the things about Onnit is we offer a when you're when you're ordering supplements, especially things that are controversial in any way, we offer a 90 pill, 30 day money back or a 30 pill, ni- uh, fucked it up, 30 pill, 90 day money back guarantee where you don't even have to return the product. You just say, you know what, this shit didn't do anything for me. Boom, you get your money back. It's that simple. No one's trying to rip you off. We're just trying to sell you really awesome shit, including strength and conditioning equipment like. Primal bells, the the kettlebells with the different ape faces on them, all sculpted in, all made out of iron, beautiful and cool and functional, 3D mapped out so that they're all balanced perfectly as well as looking pretty slick. Too much to mention. Um, It's just just an awesome website and a lot of awesome stuff. Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogan. Save yourself 10%. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Berbiglia is here. Why waste time? Why (laughs) fuck around? We are here. Cue the music. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Mike Birbiglia, easily the most prepared stand-up comedian <laughs> guest in the history of this podcast. Look at this. Homeboy has got page after page after page. He also has printed stuff. He's got, you're, you're writing out in longhand. It's you're one ins- of the last humans to use cursive. It's all insanity, though. It doesn't <laughs> add up to anything, really. But it does. You know, it's, it's, it adds up to effort, right? Like, all that is making sure you're writing things down, and you that gotta, puts it in your brain. That's and, what, that's what uh, there's a, a short documentary uh, about... Lynn Shawcroft and Mitch Hedberg and one of the things that he says in his old interview is like he get people ask him for his advice all the time young comedians 
and he just says, write, like, write down what's funny. Don't be lazy. <laughs> Don't be lazy. That's and a good I, that's piece of advice. Good piece of advice, right? Especially from a heroin addict. <laughs> it's very rare that you get like non-lazy heroin addicts. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't make me laugh at that. Well, I mean, it's not funny, but it is true. And I think it's important to talk about because that's why he's not with us anymore. He's one of the greats. He is. In my opinion, he's one of the most incredibly original comedians of all time. He was so good and so clean. He's super clean. Yeah. yeah, Which like for no reason. He was so inventive. And and because he wanted to be so inventive. Yeah. He was a really unique comic, but he also had a problem with heroin. He yeah. had some drug issues, it, it, it seemed. I, I like never, how you say that. I never... You <laughs> should uh, run for office. Well, right. No, I, well, who am I to say? I, I never... I was friends with Mitch. I never saw him uh, use drugs. That's true. I, um, well, I was friends with Mitch, and I never saw him use drugs either. But. And, and um, I saw him... Yeah. I saw him the final week, uh, and it's just this very sad thing. Well, when uh, Doug Stanhope and I were uh, working together on The Man Show, the bastardized second version of The Man Show... Um, I remember. ...was uh, when um, he got gangrene in his oh, leg. I remember he almost, that in Texas, yeah. Yeah, he almost lost his leg. And, uh, you know, then he came back from that, and everybody was hoping that he was going to clean up and get his shit together. But for whatever reason, whatever, you know, what's he really brightly. important... Yes, he, he burned, burned brightly. brightly. And he's and he's gone. Yeah, what was important though about his 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 artwork, what he did was he was so prolific, you know, and constantly and yeah. his super style, disciplined, yeah, very disciplined. And his style is like a really difficult style to be prolific <laughs> yeah. with, yeah, because it's all like weird observations I that know. are non sequiturs, one non sequitur after another. Yeah, I know. I was with I have his memory when it all was, feels like a blur, but like I remember when he passed away and there was a memorial service like at caroline's in new york and i was with his i was standing on the street with david tell and my wife and mitch's mother mary and uh she's passed away now and 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 uh there dave and mary were smoking cigarettes and and then dave goes uh and i it was gonna sound trite the way i'm repeating it but dave has a profoundness to him that kind of gets away with this he was just like we'll always have the albums We'll always have the albums. And it's true. Like, there is something to that. It's like, we lose a lot of people, but with Mitch, we have this really special thing. Like, we have these beautiful comedy albums, which are like a moment in time that are perfect jokes and like perfect wisdom. Like, they're wisdom. Like, there's wisdom in in Mitch's comedy, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. They're just, they're one of those things where, you know, some of his jokes are just so preposterous, but other ones, you know, you'll just just listen to it and you just go, (laughs) what? You know what the fuck? Like, like my favorite is I, somebody asked me if I wanted a frozen banana. I said no, but I want a regular banana later. So yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> like they're just they're just so there's that's so uniquely him. You know, and almost like um, there's like a vein of that comedy that goes from I guess like Stephen Wright, you yeah. know, who's got that sort of absurdist, weird mm-hmm. way of looking at things. But then Mitch would take it to a totally new place and a totally personal place. Like I remember that he is this joke, and I'm gonna kind of mess it up, but because I don't remember people's jokes that well. But like where he goes, uh, he goes, I said I said a thing, and uh, and then someone didn't hear me that well, and then they asked me to repeat it, and then. Uh, Oh, it's the steamboat operator joke, and I'm forgetting the, uh, how it gets to it. But, but, uh, but it's about being. It's all. It's ultimately about being misunderstood. I feel bad. I feel bad. I, I went down that road thinking that my brain. Maybe I need some more of these chemicals. You, you have the <laughs> HGH or something. They, not HGH, but the, what, all these things. I have the. 
fancy coffee that is super good that you that with the butter in it. Yeah, bulletproof coffee. It's not working for me yet. But, well, uh, it's early, man. For a comedian, <laughs> here is there's a there's a there's a, a joke. I'm trying to find the Mitch if you Hedberg go, thing. If you YouTube Steve Mode operator, you'll find that joke. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find. I gotta say, like one of the things I even even like hearing you talk before we started talking. The thing that I admire about your comedy and Mitch's and, like, Stanhope. Stanhope's my favorite comic by far. And the reason why, and it's the same thing that you have and all the comics are, Maria Bamford, no one could steal their jokes. Oh, they do. But you but you can't you can't steal them and have – the other person wouldn't uh, – it wouldn't go so well as right. well as it will for you. No. Well, yeah, if – that's isn't that the beautiful thing about comedy when it comes from your personality? You know, yeah. when when like you listen to a Mitch Hedberg joke, you know, like the Double Tree Hotel joke. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's he mines in a way that I I would never mine. You know, like he mines for material in a way. Like another good example of that is Patton. Patton Oswalt will Patton take Oswald's a bit like that too. Like I look at so like I've listened to some of his CDs and I go, that's a bit that I probably would have abandoned. Yeah, I would have started maybe working on tried it on stage a few times and just moved on to something with more meat to it yeah. but he'll take an idea that's like a, an odd idea that maybe i would have abandoned and turn it into an amazing 10 minute chunk yeah you know yeah Patton's totally like that also one of the things i love about Patton is he's just genuinely passionate about what he's talking about here it is uh, i wrote a letter to my dad i wrote I, I really enjoy being here but i accidentally wrote rarely instead of really but i still wanted to use it so i crossed it out and wrote i rarely drive steamboats dad <laughs> this is a lot of shit you don't know about me quit trying to act like i'm a steamboat operator this letter took a harsh turn right away <laughs> that's like one of my favorite jokes of all time that's a perfect joke. That was a great impression, by the way. But isn't that exactly yeah. like that's like a piece of philosophy? I think. Yeah, it's yeah. not just a joke. <laughs> I really do think that. Well, it's a, a piece of Mitch. It you is. know that that in Attell's uh, way of saying it. You know, we we still have the albums. We do. We have that. You yeah. know, we do have that. Yeah, there's that. That's a one of the coolest things about the art form. You know, the 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 insight into how a person's mind functions and how they put together material. That you know, like Gaffigan. Like I don't think like Gaffigan is that his writing up there? Yeah, yeah isn't that great? I don't believe people believe in is ghosts. Is that the documentary I was talking about? They don't about? believe in themselves. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know people believe in ghosts, but they don't believe in themselves. That's a great. We line. should tell people what the URL is of that site because um, it's a it's a it's on YouTube. This documentary. It's a. Where Lynn, his widow, Lynn Shawcroft, who's a very funny comic as well, is in the cabin that they shared. And she takes out his notebook and she's showing what it was in his notebook. Yeah, and their their cabin was up in Big Bear, right? Like when he yeah, got a Big development Bear, yeah. deal, you know, some people go out and they buy a Mercedes. He bought a cabin in Big Bear. Yeah, exactly. You know? you know what he said to me once? It's funny looking at this notebook. Mitch goes to me. I opened for him, and it's the first time I ever featured. It was at Joker's Comedy Club in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, I know the place. And he goes, uh... He goes, uh, don't ever show a girl your notebook <laughs> because she's not supposed to know about it. <laughs> she's just supposed to see the final jokes on stage. That's so true. Isn't that true? When you date girls and they see your act over and over and over again and they it's just all lose all yeah. the magic. You have to either marry them or break yeah. up with them. Yeah. You got to do one or the other. Because otherwise they're going to tell their friends. <laughs> <laughs> he just repeats the same shit every night and then he gets it right. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. I can do it. Uh, the mystique goes away. The mystique. The mystique of the, the writing. But he was, uh, 
he in, in he was such a unique guy in that he did obviously had have issues with drugs, but he also obviously was really fucking prolific and really wrote a lot and was really disciplined. Yeah. You now in that sense, he was just a, a an odd combination of things. Yeah. No, he absolutely was. He's a he was a phenomenon. Yeah. People should li- if I, I feel like I should almost plug this as we're talking to it. Um, Mitch Altogether. Mm-hmm. Great album. Yeah. You can get it on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. And uh, and Strategic Grill Locations was his first album. I love that album. Yeah, that's great that's stuff. perfect. Strategic Grill Locations is an awesome, awesome classic. Now, you got a new album out? It's yeah. coming out? Is no, out? It, it just it's came out. out. It's, uh, yeah, it's called My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. And it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, about, uh, it's about a lot of like heartbreak and love and, and how I decided to get married despite the fact that I don't really believe in the idea of marriage. Yeah, it's a stupid idea, but it works for them. It works for women. Women love it. They love it. They love being able to tell their friends are married. Do you they, think that's what it is? Oh, yeah, definitely. They like winning. They win. <laughs> they, when you get married, uh, they win. Oh, they they enjoy that. Yeah, my wife totally won. I, that's an interesting perspective. I've never thought about it like that, but... uh yeah, I mean, I'm happier though. Are you, yeah, are you happier? Oh yeah, yeah. But it's also because I'm in a great relationship. I would have been just as happy if I didn't have some shit written down on paper or wearing a little monkey ring. You know, it's all that stuff is. It seems secondary, but for women, it means a lot that you go through that nonsense. Or for some women, I should say, I should never generalize like that. Some of them, they want that. They want that nonsense. They want that cultural nonsense. They want to be able to tell their friends they're married. Yeah, I think. Well, I think part of it's the family too. Yes, the families are like, "What's going on?" Oh yeah, no this, doubt. Is this real? Yeah, people start to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's certain things that people just don't like. Uh, they don't believe unless it has a formal right. cultural understanding. Like this is maybe a tangential example, but like my cat passed away this summer. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sorry to laugh at your cat passing away. I'm right. just trying to figure out how you're going to connect these. So like. Uh, and I don't know either yet, but uh, my cat, Ivan, passed away. My wife and I were so upset. Like, so, like, like, the whole summer was like, our cat passed away. That's People would be like, what's up? We'd be like, our cat, Ivan, passed away. Really? The yeah. whole summer? Yeah, we were really upset by it. He was 17 years old. I have a 17-year-old cat but, right now. Yeah, so, like, we were so, so close to Ivan. And explaining that your cat died is a little bit like explaining that your imaginary friend died. Where you're like, he, Ivan's dead. And they're like, right, Ivan. And you're like, no, no, really, our cat Ivan. They're like, right, your cat Ivan. <laughs> and I feel like marriage is a little bit like that, too. You're like, if you're not married, you can be like, it's my boyfriend, and I love him, and he loves me. And they're like, right, your boyfriend, and he yeah. loves you. <clears throat> yeah, but he but doesn't love married, you enough. Exactly. If you're married, then it's like, oh, you got the document? You got the legal document? Well, okay, I'll buy it. Yeah, and then there's some people that they look at that as like there's like goals that they have to achieve. Like yeah. you get in a relationship, okay, check. Now, next move, you got to get this guy to sign this paper. And, 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 and I hate that. Yeah. That's the part of it I hate. I have a friend who went through a fucking absolutely brutal divorce. I mean, a really, really bad one. Yeah. And then his new wife, he, you know, he started dating this woman immediately afterwards, of course, and she didn't want to sign a prenup. Yeah. And he lost everything. And, you know, and it's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Do you, do you hate yourself? Like, are you fucking crazy? Like, marriage doesn't always work out, buddy. It doesn't always work out. She, the prenup on the second marriage? Yes. Oh, interesting. 
Like, and he lost everything on the first marriage. Yes. Wow. He, and he lost everything on the first marriage. And I'm pretty sure they overlapped. Like, his first marriage was falling. I'd have to ask him about this. His first marriage was falling apart. And then he met her. And there was, like, you know, he knew her while he was still with his wife. And then he got divorced. Like, he had, like, you know, there was that old expression about, like, swinging from branch to branch. Yeah. That, uh, you know, most women especially, they don't like to let go of a branch. They like to swing and then know that there's another <laughs> branch there when they let go of their first branch. Or you don't have to say women; you just say people. Yes, humans. Humans, yeah. But but, but like, uh, yeah. Uh, the 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 marriage thing is weird now, particularly to be in light of all of these um, supplements and things that you talk about, because people are just going to live longer. Well, not with this stuff. I mean, really? We, yeah. I mean, if you're lucky, you get another five years or ten years. I mean, alpha really? brain and protein and vitamins. I, mean, I don't know, man. What but, studies but, have been done on life extension as far as like vitamins? Well, Maybe a little bit. I mean, I guess well that combined with like hip replacements and heart, heart <laughs> transplants and all this. Well, there's so much futuristic stuff right now that's going to make people live longer, and then it's yeah. going to be like. It already was weird that we were married 30 years. What about when we're married like 70 years? Well, in that sense, I think that okay. if it works, it works. And if you're married for 30 years and you're really happy and then you get to live for another 100, would you want to break up and start fresh with a new person and try to put it together? Like Part of like what makes a marriage work or friendship work or anything is you kind of understand how each other works. Yeah. You kind of understand what the ins and the outs Absolutely. of each person. Team. Yeah. Yeah. That, when that happens, so much theoretically, in, in, in practice, when it's done perfectly, which it never is. Yeah. But when it is done perfectly, that's what makes it so cool is that you know each other. Yeah. You know, like you go to the store and like, oh, I know she loves this kind of shit. I'll go, just go get her this. Yeah. Or, you know, you're going to go on a vacation. She's never going to want to do this. Or yeah. she loves doing this. Yeah. yeah. You know each other. So in that sense, would it really matter if you live to be an extra hundred years? Probably not. Except you'd start thinking about all that extra pussy. Hundred yeah, years, that, hundred that years. Age one hundred pussy. pussy is crazy. Mm, I've heard. Yeah, it gets different. It gets different. It's like like wine in a barrel or old scotch. I'm gonna just. Re- I just want to take that back from the record. I know this is live, but I just want to take back that age one hundred pussy line. These are just jokes, folks. If you, if you looked at this stuff written down on paper, you go, "These guys assholes." What yeah. kind of statements are these? Yeah, but People in the are, moment, this is great. Yes, in the moment. This now, is exciting. I love that you have this. Oh, the studio? Yeah, you have the studio, and you have your people who listen, and like you don't even have to go, I'm going on Conan tonight, you don't have to go on Conan, you don't have to go on talk shows, because you have, like, you're, I looked on your website, you're playing the goddamn Chicago Theater. Yeah. The Chicago Theater, what? That's yeah. so huge, you can't get bigger than that, and... You're just here in your studio being like, hey, guys, I'm coming to the Chicago Theater. Yeah, this sh- yeah, I'm coming soon. When is that? January 24th, Chicago yeah. Theater. Me and uh, the great Ari Shafir. Ooh, should be good times. Yeah, that, that place is awesome. Ari is. <laughs> but he could close. Ari Shafir is a legit headliner now. Oh, okay. It's really, yeah. No, I'm sure. You know, do you know Ari? Hilarious I think I do, guy. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this thing is... Um, I remember kind seeing of, him in that video, the Carlos Mencia video. Yes. Yeah, he was one of the first guys that Carlos ripped off <laughs> back in the day. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure Carlos started ripping guys off way before Ari, but yeah. one of the first guys that I knew that like suffered from it. Yeah. But yeah, this place sort of has come together slowly but surely. It's pretty awesome. You know, becoming more and more childlike as I add special effects pieces. When I look around here, I'm like, I feel like you could be... 
I think you might be like a politician in the future. Do you ever get that feeling? <laughs> no. No. How I, the fuck do you get that? Okay. You look around, you see uh, a predator mask. Yeah. You see uh, an alien head, a zombie, a lava lamp, and yeah. a deer skull, and you're like, you know what? You should be running shit. Here's what I. Here's what I get. Here's how I how I arrived there. So, so you with J, with JFK, you had the first president who was on camera. He was good looking, mm-hmm. and and before that, you didn't have to be good looking as a president. That's interesting. That, that was like a big shift in culture, right? And they say that Barack Obama is like the first president where it's like he's like a rock star president. Like people are like, he's fucking cool. Like I've you know like a lot of people say like people voted for him because they're just excited. It's like <clears throat> he's so exciting. I'm gonna take it a step further. Like 20 years from now, the president is hilarious. It's not happening. There's nothing hilarious about running the military industrial complex. No, I know. Unless some massive paradigm shift takes place where we no longer have war. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't see anybody running any country being hilarious. The president is hilarious and he's in great shape. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that's why I think you could be a politician in the future. Right? That's it? Just, yeah. It's be- the time has come. Well, because I feel like if you were in charge, I would vote for you because I would feel confident. I'd be like, okay, sure, he smokes some pot. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> sure, he both smokes some pot now and then. But he's really strong, physically strong, smart, funny. I'm, that's enough for me. Reasonable. Reasonable. Reasonable too. is probably the most important thing yeah. anybody – what do you think like the most important quality you need to, to govern? I think it's probably not wanting to govern, not wanting to be the guy that's in charge. I think that might be one of the best qualities that anybody could ever have. If you want to run things, you should not want to be the guy who runs things. Yeah, I think so. I think, le- yeah, level-headed I think is a huge quality. I mean I feel like I, the reason I voted for Barack Obama is like – I just felt like, okay, he seems smart. Well, what was he the seems, alternative? He seems level-headed. A yeah. dead man and a dumb cunt. <laughs> that was the alternative. <laughs> and so what was the alternative next? It was a fucking Mormon, a guy who literally believes in one of the most preposterous religious stories in the history of humanity. And he, his family was a part of a cult that moved to Mexico so they could have more wives. Yeah. You know, that story about... Fuckhead, his his uh, his Mitt parents, Romney's Mitt Romney's parents, yeah. parents, they lived in Mexico. Oh yeah, I didn't even know. That. Did you didn't know that? I think I'd heard about it, but I, I I don't know the full story. His dad could never be president because his dad was born in Mexico. Oh, his dad wasn't an American citizen that way. He wasn't huh. born a natural born citizen. Where you know Mitt is, he was born in America. Yeah, but his family comes from this sect of Mormonism that broke off from the United States back in the 1800s when it really didn't matter if you lived in you can live in Mexico, you live in America, it doesn't matter. There's no cars, so that's what they did. They moved to Mexico. Shit didn't turn out so good for that bet. That bet sucked. Like the bet that, well, it's nice down here. It's pretty much the same as it is in America. We're just going to go over here and have 10 wives. Well, obviously, when the invention of cars came along and the the whole age of machines and the industrial era, machines and you know the United States became this superpower and Mexico became what it is today and now they're involved in these these armed standoffs with the the Mexican drug cartels they get kidnapped they have uh, fortified compounds and they have sentries and snipers and rifles and everything I mean it's really crazy crazy shit vice did like a piece on that yeah 
on the uh, the various Mormon families that are living in. Uh, but that was our other option. Yeah, our other option was That's one of those guys, guy, yeah. a guy who believes in magic underwear and a fucking uh, a con artist of, who was fourteen years old who claimed he found golden tablets that contained the lost work of Jesus, yeah. and that the American Indians were a tribe of Israelites that came over. I mean, it's yeah. just that's a, a great book if people want to know about Mormonism at all. Is Under the Banner of Heaven? Did you ever read that? One? No, that's good a stuff. Great book, yeah. Did you see uh, the Book Crack- of Mormon? Krakauer is wrote it. Yeah, um, the uh, Book of Mormon's great. I saw it twice. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's so good. The, you know, the crazy thing is Mormons like it. Mormons advertise know, yeah. like when you get the playbill. It's no. like there's advertisements oh, there's for advertisements? Mormonism. Yes, yeah. For the that is so great. Yeah. Yeah, wow. now you've seen the play, you know, come find out what being a Mormon's really all about. Like, they think they're going to, like, like people are going to, like, go watch that hilarious parody of what their religion is I all think, about. I honestly think that, maybe I'm taking it too far, but I feel like Matt and Trey are the closest to Twain that we have. Yes. Where it's like, what they're doing is brilliant satire. Yes. It's completely over the top and insane and perfectly <clears throat> written. And they're... Fucking gangsters. They get away with the craziest it's shit nuts. on TV. It's nuts. Did you ever see the slut off with Paris Hilton? With Paris Hilton <laughs> no. and the gay guy who's the teacher, and the gay guy wins because he stuffs Paris Hilton up his ass. I mean, he stuffed her up. They can get away with so much because they're cartoons. I know. And they take on, like, like the, the idea of drawing Muhammad. You know, they, know. Muhammad it's was amazing. a teddy bear. Yeah, I saw that episode. They, they, they take on things where. Unafraid. Is this, is this the slut off? Watch this. He shoves Parasilton up his ass. <laughs> he jumped on her in a gay cowboy outfit on with a big mustache and shoved her up his ass. Oh, I mean... <laughs> and then they cheer. The Kanye West gay fish one with the, the Kanye West and Carlos Mencia episode. It's one of oh, the, yeah. the greatest takedowns in, oh in the history of, of the Kanye of, stuff is too good of pop of, of uh, pop, pop culture. culture. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's what inti- you know. What honestly intimidates me about Los Angeles is like you know, Matt and Trey are here. You know, like these people who I admire so much, they just all live here in this area, and I it's too much for me. I live in New York. I just I like being away from it. <laughs> in, what, what I mean? in what way? Like intimidates you? How? I feel like. Like, I don't want to, it's almost like I don't want to see Matt and Trey, like, eating at a restaurant or something. Like, I don't want, I don't want to think they're real. (laughs) I don't want to think that they're mortal or something. Like, it's too, it's, I I like, I love the mystique of show business. So you like being in New York because you're outside of it. I live in Brooklyn. I don't, I'm not part of show business. Really? That's interesting. You're here on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast to promote your new comedy CD, right. and yet you claim to not be in show business. What do you do, Mr. Bibbidi, <laughs> if you're not in show business? I travel right. around the country. I'm going to 100 oh. cities this year. Oh, you just travel. Yeah. You're a professional traveler. Yeah, I'm a professional hmm. traveler. I always say that. I always say that I'm a traveling salesman. I sell comedy. I get paid to fly, and I perform for free. <laughs> That's funny. It's true. I'm going to fucking 100 cities next year. Wow. Thank God for Jokester, 100. I'm going to, I'm going to four- Jokester? What's oh, joke? it's called Thank God for Jokes, isn't the name of the tour. Oh, uh, oh, Thank God for Jokes tour. Yeah. I thought you sure. were saying Thank God for Jokester. Like yeah, Jokester, Jokester was like some TM, think that thing that um, sends you out to these places. I know. Like, you know, Friendster or Thank something God like that. Jo- you remember that? You could, here, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's a 
some kind so of. So you book your shit way in you advance. Call it then. Up, so you can see the photo. <clears throat> Maybe if we can bring it up. Thank God for, or just burbigs.com. I don't know. Did you website. you um you plan your shit out way in advance then? If you're doing a hundred yeah. dates, I've announced thirty. What are the obscure places? Because uh, I'm going to Fargo. I can't nam- oh, there you go. I'm going to Fargo, Minneapolis. I'm going to Traverse City, Michigan, East Lansing. Fargo yeah, is not so in like, Minneapolis. No, Fargo is in North, North Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, yeah, Minneapolis. Oh, but Minneapolis is not obscure. No, no, I guess not. <laughs> I was no, confused. but like no, but like Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> That's obscure. That one's pretty obscure. That's uh, a hippie place. A lot of, a lot of like patchouli people in that audience. I Troy, New York. That's kind of obscure. That's obscure as fuck. Where do you play there? Uh, some guy's Musical, house. There's no place to play. You go to some dude's house. I mean, I'm going to Charleston. <clears throat> Charleston's kind of well. That's kind of a, a name, though. Yeah, that's I a couldn't. Name. You're I don't right. think I could name a hundred different cities. I mean, I probably could if you sat me down. Yeah, if someone put a blank map in front of you, you'd get it. Kentucky, huh? Doing a little Kentucky Doing there, little fella. Kentucky, yeah. Louisville's fun, isn't Louisville's it? Louisville's a great town. It's a great that, town. Here's the thing I've found about traveling around America. I'm sure you've probably found this. A lot of great little towns. Well, also, the they're Mike Birbiglia fans. They know who you are. They're coming right. out when to I see show up, you. They're in a good mood. Yeah, they're already. They're already familiar with you. Yeah. You know? Like, you go to, like, Boise, Idaho. It's like, oh, this is a nice town. Boise's great. Yeah, people make fun of these yeah. towns, and then you go there, you're like, oh, no, there's, like, five great breakfast spots, and yeah. there's, you know what I mean? Like, And, this, by the way, it might be a better place to live. Yeah, it might be a better calmer, place to live, yeah. Less tension, yeah. less stress, less traffic. That's the one thing that's stupid about L.A., is the mass of humans all gathered into one place. It's insane. It's a great place to have a podcast because you can always get guests. You know, there's yeah. always people here. But as far as like having sanity and having peace and clarity, this is not the best spot. What's insane about it? Let's try the coffee. Try this stuff. You do you oh, like really? sweeteners? Do you like anything sweet? Yeah, I'll try that. This is stevia. It's super strong. It's a natural sweetener. Okay. But only put a little bit in. Okay. It's, it's very powerful. Um, I already have <clears throat> butter in the coffee, so I feel ah, like it's covered. Butter, but, delicious. But like Los Angeles is crazy because like coming here, for example. I just, you know, I Google map everything on the way, and it's like, it'll be like, uh, it's 26 miles, and then for time, it'll be like, it might take days. <laughs> <laughs> That's no joke, either. You can like, get stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic at 2 o'clock, just a little dash of that stuff. Don't really? fuck around. Don't get crazy. Don't get crazy, Mike. Yeah, I'm trying not to. Just throwing a little Stevie in there. Just that. A little bit more of that. Get a little crazy. There you go. Oh, okay. Geez, stop good. right there. <laughs> It's amazing. It's it's really strong stuff. But this this sounds crazy. It's uh, it just it it feels dangerous. It feels like I'm in at risk of being in a car accident at any moment. Well, you're at risk anytime you're in a car. You know, the the, the it's amazing. Really, when you stop and think oh, about it, it's really good. By the it's way, great, right? Yeah, it's amazing when you stop and think about it. How few car accidents there actually are. The one in my special. Which I hope you'll watch, but I'll watch it. Yeah, it's. I'm very proud. Of Why it. say I hope? Well, I'll, I'll fucking so watch it, Mike. Right. There's no need for hopes. Okay. So I get. I talk about how I was hit by a car in Los Angeles, and then I was made to pay for the drunk driver's car. Really? It was a drunk driver. And I was made to pay for his car. It's, it's maddening. How are you made to pay for his car? <sighs> he technically had the right of way. I was turning right. He was speeding around a blind corner. He technically had the right of way, and then by the time he got to the hospital, he blew under the, le- the legal limit. Wow. Isn't that wild? So How I, long I, did it take before he I got to the hospital? $12,000 for his car, like a couple hours later. Wow, that's hilarious. They don't test him right away? Nope. 
in this instance, no. And then, and so the thematically, what it's about is about how I I couldn't let go of it. Like it sounds like you have this from you know when I listen to you on the podcast, like certain times you're obsessed with being right about something uh-huh. and I, I couldn't let this go right i like it was kind of like this with the papers it's like i had charts and graphs and like <laughs> i was like i was like and this is the, and this is the uh, accident report and, and this is the map this is the google map of the scene of the accident and it was it was 60 feet from here to the stop sign and the speed limit was 35 and it was in his madness were you going on stage with it like lenny bruce at the end of his career when yeah. he would go on with legal documents well, you'll, you'll see in the special i i project the accident report the actual accident <laughs> report yeah, it's it's bonkers. I go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I project the accident report in the show. It's great. And so the guy was drunk. He, but he technically had the right of way. I'm trying to figure it out in my mind. You were going around a blind corner, and what he was, was he coming doing? around a blind corner. Oh, he was coming around. He a was blind speeding corner. around a blind corner mm-hmm. on, on in Venice Beach, and uh, and you intersect. You pulled into the traffic. I pulled into. Uh, yeah, into a road, and then he t-boned me driver's side. Wow, and then. And then I spun around, and then he um, drove away, took a right turn at the intersection, tried to speed away, but he was so drunk he drove into a tree. So it was like a hit and run and hit. What? And he still didn't get in trouble for that? Yeah. That's insane. I I talked to lawyers. I talked to private investigators. They were just like, dude, it's going to cost you more in legal fees to fight this. You know, I was like, I'm going to sue this guy, and I'm going to sue the Los Angeles Police Department. Like, I was like, Chinatown. It was like Chinatown. Wow. It was maddening. Well, in, in the effort to protect people's rights, things get kind of squirrely. Like, yeah. I'm all for protecting people's rights, but I think that once you start driving intoxicated and slamming into people, like, they need to figure out who's drunk right away after an accident. You yeah. can't let people go all the way to the hospital and then find you need that's that's something that needs to be dealt with uh, on the spot. But the question is, you know, who's going to be the guy who deals with it? It's going to be some knucklehead police officer that's uh, you know says we're going to hold you down, tase you, and then take your blood. I mean, yeah. How do they how do they get it? They got to have blood, right? Don't, don't they have to take? They can test your blood alcohol content. They can do the breathalyzer thing, right? But yeah. the most accurate way is, is blood. And that's why yeah. you could – God could be on pills too. Yeah. It's true. That's true. He could be on drugs. Yeah. The, it, when I went, I went to the hospital just to make sure I was okay, I went to the emergency room and they saw him first because he was a more urgent case. I don't know what had happened to him. but Fucking tree. That's yeah, what happened exactly. to him. <laughs> and I said to the doctor, I was like, was the other guy drunk? And the doctor says, well, you know, I can't answer that. It's the same doctor who saw both of us. Right. And I was like, well, was he? You know, and uh, – and he goes, well, he's heading to jail now. And, I, and at the time, I was like, case closed. You know, like I thought, like I was like, uh, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be an issue. And then a couple of months later, I get the the bill for his car. It That's was insane. insane. It's maddening. That's so crazy. Who yeah. is this asshole? What's his name? I can't say. Say his it. Name. <laughs> I can't say. Say his it, name. Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Uh, I don't know. I, almost, I considered. I don't shithead. say this in the show, but there were certain points I considered. I had his phone number. It was on the accident report. I considered just calling him and being like, "You should know that you are ruining my life." Hmm. Well, I think that's being a little bit dramatic. It wasn't really ruining your life. It was just making you crazy. But the fact that you would have to pay for him. True. Well, let's be honest. Felt, I'm just saying it's how I felt. Well, you do a couple, <laughs> tell a couple of jokes, and that money's <laughs> taken care of. Uh, you know, you're in a very fortunate position in life. Maybe you should cut your losses. 
Thanks, Joe. <laughs> but thanks, you got comedy out of it. Thanks for this 2020 insight, hindsight. Yeah, it's uh, real easy. Reflection. Tr- of, meanwhile, I would have went to his house and kicked his ass and wound up in jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're the. That's yeah, uh, at least you got comedy out of it, though, right? I mean, I feel great. I mean, honestly, the um, <laughs> I, that comedy's everything to me. I, I that's why thank the thank God for jokes tour. My new show that I'm developing is actually all about how like jokes are in a certain way my religion. Like they're 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 they're, they're the philosophy that I believe in. I believe life is hard, and then we make jokes about it because it's all we can do, and it makes it more fun. Yeah. I mean, but still to this day, stand-up comedy is one of my favorite things to watch. I still enjoy it very that. much as an audience member. And if someone told me that I could never perform comedy for the rest of my life for some strange reason, but I could still watch it, I would still love watching it. Yeah. It's great. Man, I thought Stanhope special this year, the Beer Hall Push, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. That was like one of the best comedy specials I've ever seen. It was a really good one. That was my really wife good. and I were just like you. It was like a euphoric experience the two yeah. of us watching that. Yeah, he's uh, he's working hard, man. And one of the things that Stanhope's doing is he's like really he is that guy. He lives in the desert. He lives in this yeah. weird fucking town in is. Arizona that's like seven miles. Bisbee. Yep. Yeah, Bisbee, Arizona, seven miles from the Mexican border. He invites people over to his house for <laughs> uh, for Super Bowl parties. I know he's a nut. I mean, he's a legit nut. He's a great guy too. He's really, he's really like coming to his own as an artist, you know, as yeah. a stand-up comedian. That special is, if there are any aspiring comedians listening or watching, see that special. Before Turning the Gun on Himself is a great one, too. He's got yeah. a bunch of great ones. He's got lots of good stuff. This is the one where he talks about letting his mother go. Yeah, yeah. It's an incredible story. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I couldn't live in Bisbee, Arizona, though. I don't know what the fuck he's thinking. No. He's just—it was very strange. <laughs> I don't—I don't know how to describe what that. There's nothing there, man. He's got a great joke about living there too. Though the idea of it being an artist community and the difference between how his art and their art doesn't really go together. <laughs> they make turquoise belt buckles, and he's making a joke about tsunami victims, about how the 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 drowned Japanese they start to swell and they they take on this Korean look, and it's fu- I'm really butchering the bit, but it's fucking hilarious is yeah. comparison between his art what he considers art and what they consider art yeah the artist community you know one of the things i love about him is he'll he keeps like twisting the knife in different directions yeah like he'll take you one way and you'll be like "Ooh, i don't know if i could go there and then he'll take you back farther in the other direction yeah farther right than you could think you could go and then he'll pull you farther left than you thought you know what i mean like he just always has you on your toes he works, you know, that dude, you see him sitting there smoking a cigarette, drinking coffee, banging away on the keyboard. He yeah. works, you know. And that is, uh, like you said, you know, when you're saying that jokes are your religion. Yeah. That the discipline of creation is really what it's all about. Whether you're writing books, whether you're writing jokes, whether you're creating music, whatever. I admire the discipline involved in creating things, anything. Yeah. Podcasts, music, movies, whatever the fuck you're making. Yeah. Matt and Trey making South Park and also having some strange amount of time to make the Book of Mormon as well. Did you like, see that documentary about Matt and Trey yeah. making South Park? It's great. Nuts. People should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's called like 60, 60 Seconds to Air or something like that. What is it? 60 minutes six to air? There. Six days, maybe. Six days to air. Six days to air. Yeah, it's super yeah. good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, and it's inspirational, too. And mm. you realize what a bad motherfucker that, well, both of them, but. Yeah, but Trey, Trey is, is like, a bad motherfucker. Yeah, the guy's 
nonstop. Yeah, he's just a nut. But I think he obviously gets off on it. I mean, that's his thing. He, yeah. he loves creating that fucking show. And that show is such a perfect vehicle, too, because by doing little cartoon kids that don't look anything like reality, yeah, and then also having them be kids, so there's like a certain amount of ignorance you can get away with, because yeah. you know, Cartman's a child. <laughs> yeah. It's so, such a beautiful vehicle for creating comedy. Yeah. When you write, nice. like, all this shit that you've got in front of you here... Where, yeah. Why do I feel heat? Where's heat coming from? I got a little space heater over there. Oh, that's what it is. I was like, man, I know our heat's broken. <laughs> we have to get someone to climb on the roof and turn our fucking pilot light on. How retarded is that? Um, when you write, do you sit down and um, go, okay, today I'm going to write from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m.? Or what, I mean, how do you do it? I build it from like, <clears throat> like, a, like I build, I brainstorm stories. So like I'll like I'll talk to my brother Joe who co-writes a lot of stuff with me, and we'll just talk like one time this happened to me, one time this happened to me, one time this happened to me, and we'll talk about it on the phone for like a couple hours, you know, and then we'll talk about which which ones are good enough stories that are worth telling, and then uh, and then I'll and and then I'll go out and try it on stage. I'll record it and I'll go back and transcribe what I said. And then I'll edit from that transcription. That's interesting. So you, you co-write with your brother. Yeah. How long have you been doing that for? Like Ten years. Does your brother do stand-up at all? No, he tried. When he really? Said, yeah, he tried, but he, he, he doesn't like being on stage. But he enjoys the creative process. Loves writing. Super funny guy. And, uh, but he doesn't like being on stage. What does he do for a living? He works for me. Oh really? So he's a writer. <laughs> yeah. For you. Yeah. Wow. Writer, pro- writer, producer. Writer, producer. Yeah. Co-wrote my movie Sleepwalk with me. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. The, the Sleepwalk with me was really interesting. For folks who don't know, Mike. Uh, for folks that don't know, Mike is you're you're a sleepwalker. Yeah. I jump. I dangerously. I jumped through a second story window in my sleep. Yeah. And uh, you talked about that on the podcast the last time you were here. Yeah. And that movie is sort of based on that on how weird that thing must be to have that in, in you this ability to just get up and start doing things while you're actually asleep yeah it's yes yeah, and it's and i still deal with it i sleep in a sleeping bag to this very day <sighs> i go to bed and i sleep in a sleeping bag <laughs> you bring a sleeping bag when you go camp like uh, you yeah. go camping when you go to hotel like rooms road, yeah exactly i go camping when i'm at hotel and you zip yourself up so yeah. you can't get up myself and- up i used to wear mittens so i couldn't open the sleeping bag <laughs> <laughs> That's what the doctor told me. That's one of the strangest things a doctor has ever told me. He goes, uh, I want you to go to bed at night in a sleeping bag and sleep, zip yourself up, and then wear mittens so you can't open the sleeping bag. The doctor said that to me. Strange. Wow. Well, this is after you jumped out after the window. After jumped out the window, yeah. He was just, he, it was a woman, actually. My doctor now is a male. But, uh, the, it was a, yeah, she, she was just like, I'm not sure what to tell you. In the meantime, just do this. What, what floor do you live on in New York? We live on, I mean, my bedroom's on the second floor, but we have these really, like, super reinforced shutters that we put in that are pretty expensive. <laughs> Just to keep you from jumping through the windows? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm a strange, a strange bird. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you don't want to jump on a second floor in Manhattan. Where did you jump? When no, you- in Brooklyn. Um, I jumped through the second-story window of La Quinta Inn in Walla Walla, Washington. As a matter of fact, there's a plaque. If, you might be able to Google this, La Quinta Inn a plaque. I they tweeted a plaque it a while there? back. There's a plaque on the door of the of the room. What? Mike Birbiglia jumped through this window, and there's a movie based on it. Yeah. No way! Isn't that cool? It's like <laughs> it's honestly. It's only like, cool because you're here and you're fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. if you died, then you know. 
Yeah, it's um, Ira Glass, who co-wrote the movie and produced the movie with me, hosted This American Life on public radio. Yeah. He, um, he was insistent that we get the plaque put up. That it was like he didn't care about like Oscars or Golden Gloves. He was just like, here, look at the plaque. Yes. Check out the plaque. In this In room, on January 26, 2005, comedian Mike Birbiglia sleepwalked out the window. That story became the basis for the book and the feature film Sleepwalk With Me. Seriously? Google it. <laughs> Isn't that great? What a weird world we live in that that's a plaque. Seriously? Google it is on the plaque. Yeah. Wow. He was, Ira was really intent on us getting a plaque on the room. He was, like, that was everything to him. He was like, where's the plaque? Is the plaque up yet? It was like six months afterwards. Wow. I'd sent it to him. And- so that's on the door. So it's on as the door. You're, yeah. you're walking by, that's on the door. People sometimes will go to that La Quinta Inn and they'll take photos in front of it and then tweet it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll bet you get a lot more now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's really fucking fun. Well, it's hilarious again because you're okay. Yeah. Now, when you when you jumped through the wall, like when you jumped out the window. Through the you, window. Through the window, yeah. The actual like the glass hook. itself. Yeah, yeah, shattered. Oh, my God. Jumped through. And I have in the movie, in the final credits... <laughs> There's actual photographs of after I jumped through the window, I photographed it like it was a crime scene because mm-hmm. I was alone in Walla Walla, Washington. Right. And I was like, nobody's going to believe me. Right, right, right. I went to the hospital, all this stuff. But I was like, this is too crazy of a story. I need to photograph everything. So it's all in the credits. How did you get through that without even getting really badly hurt? Um, be- the same reason that a lot of times drunk drivers aren't hurt. They're the ones not injured. You know what I mean? When they get in car accidents. Because they're so relaxed. Yeah, they're so relaxed. That's so crazy. Yeah. The idea that tension is what hurts you. Yeah. I, dr- I dreamt that I was being, that there was a guided missile headed towards my hotel room. There's all this <laughs> military personnel in the room with me. And the missile, they, the, the, they told me the missile coordinates were set specifically on me. And so I thought the only thing I could do is jump out the window so as to detonate outside the window for the sake of my platoon. Wow! What a, you are a hero in your crazy story in your head. Wow, that's fucked. Now, what what was the extent of your injuries? I just ha- I still have uh, scars on my legs. There was like glass in my legs, and they took out the glass, and uh, and I was my arms were all cut up, and I had about thirty stitches. That's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing compared to what it could have been. Wow! I and what's wild is I actually jumped through the window, and landed and then got up and kept running <laughs> isn't that weird <laughs> so you were still asleep yeah wow and then as, I'm, as i'm running i'm looking around and realizing like oh i'm i just jumped through a window in walla walla washington and i was like oh no and i was like i guess i gotta go to the front desk and explain what happened oh my god yeah and then i, oh and I, I <laughs> this is a funny addendum to the story i feel bad for my fans your fans probably maybe maybe you have seen the movie maybe haven't my fans have heard this a zillion times i feel bad but i'll give you an addendum to the story which is new which is i always say that i walk to the front desk to explain what happened, fortunately, the person working at the front desk was mildly retarded. And I say fortunately because he's completely unfazed by what had just happened. It's 3 in the morning. The phones are ringing off the hook from people staying at the hotel who just saw the guy jump out the window screaming, I'm bleeding in my underwear. And I say, hello, because you have to start somewhere. <laughs> I say, I ju- I'm staying at the hotel. Oh. I had an incident where I jumped out my window. I'm bleeding, and I need to see a doctor. And, and, I, and I was so relieved because... Uh, the, the the guy working at the front desk goes, all right. He's like completely unfazed by what had just happened. So I drove myself to the hospital. He told me where it was. The addendum is that guy who worked the front desk Facebook messaged me 
and said, hey, I'm the guy at the front desk. And I'm not and mildly I'm not retarded. retarded. <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But what's great is that the, 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 the message is so incoherent that he sent me. That it's like, well, are you sure? If I forwarded this to someone, they might take my side on it. <laughs> oh my god, that is such a crazy fucking story. Yeah. So, from did you were you there for a weekend? Like, did you have to do stand up there the rest I, of the I week? I was performing at a, a Whitman College that night, and then I perf- I was performing at University of Oregon the next day, and I actually did the gig with all the brokenness, and I didn't tell anybody. Wow, so you just did the gig and yeah. just did your stand-up. needed the money. I was yeah. broke. And you were just mangled, cut up, yeah. and wow. I wasn't, nothing messed with my face up, so no one could tell I was wearing long sleeves and everything. That's so lucky. That's unbelievably fortunate. Yeah, it was just a part. It was a part it was, honestly, it was a moment in my life where I was broke. I was hustling so hard. It all factored into the jump through the window. I was... I so was dealing with a lot of anxiety. So the anxiety and the stress, they manifest itself in the sleepwalking? Yeah, so, so I, I'm diagnosed with REM behavior disorder, which is a chemical imbalance. It means people who have a dop- some people who have a dopamine deficiency, which is the chemical that's released from your brain and your body when you fall asleep, that paralyzes your body so you don't act out your dreams. That's essentially what happens when you sleep, is your body's paralyzed, you can't do it. I have a dopamine deficiency, and as a result, I act out my dreams. And so um, since then, I was diagnosed, so I take – I shouldn't tell people what I take, but I take a me- an anti-anxiety. Yeah, and then uh, – and it calms me down, and then I don't feel like I need in my dreams to run away from things. Like, why, do, why do you say you shouldn't tell people what you take? Well, because I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to tell people – I don't want people to self-diagnose. Oh, okay. And go, oh, I have that. And it's like, you don't really know. I did a sleep mm. study. I slept overnight at the hotel, at the hospital four nights. Like, they really know what I have. Yeah, well, that's very responsible of you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So when you start taking this medication, you, even though you're taking this medication, you still don't trust yourself. You still zip up. Yeah, kind of like a condom over a birth control pill. Wow. Well, I guess once you jump out of a fucking window. <laughs> All bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get some reinforced shutters. Why do you have bars over your windows, man? Are you worried about break-ins? Nope, breakouts. <laughs> worried about breakouts. Break The crazy breakouts. We're trying to keep it in. Wow. Yeah. And, and so by taking anti-anxiety medication, has that changed you like in your regular everyday life? I'd like to think no. Uh, I fear sometimes. Yes, I mean, like you know, I I, um, I feel like what I take for a while it felt like it made me a bit fuzzy. I feel like when I wake up in the morning, I have to drink a lot of coffee to get to regular, uh-huh. which I don't love. Right, and it's all because of that. Yeah. Huh? Is there any natural cure? Is there anything that you've I've been going into? to a holistic doctor recently? Those who's motherfuckers, been given... though. Oh, you don't think that's good? I don't know. I just always say that. <laughs> Someone says holistic doctor. Oh, those motherfuckers. Well, no, they. She took a. She took like uh, 10 vials of my blood and did a whole thing on which vitamins I should take mm-hmm. to counterbalance things. And uh, I feel like that's leveling me off a little bit. Do you watch your diet? Are you fairly healthy? I try to, yeah. Try to. Trying to have protein in the morning and stuff like that. But do you like, do you eat gluten? And do I'm, you... tr- I'm trying to wean myself off of it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you eat gluten? I stopped about six months ago. How do you feel about it? A lot better. 
it, well, I stopped when I was filming this show. I was having back problems from jujitsu, oh. and uh, one of the things that this woman who's a physical therapist told me, she said, real good results. People that have uh, injuries, getting off of gluten reduces inflammation, and a lot of the uh, symptoms of the injuries subside. And I was like, wait, wait a minute, you can tell me that, like bread, like stopping bread, makes an injury better? And she's like, you really would be amazed. And so uh, I tried it, and uh, I. My injury got better, like slowly but surely on its own through a lot of different therapies that I was doing. But what was amazing was my energy level was different. Yeah. My energy level, especially after meals, that was the most shocking thing. Like I would, I eat so much bread and pasta. Me too. And then I would realize that like after I had eaten, it was like I got hit with a tranquilizer dart. Yeah. I just thought that's what it was. I thought I I eat like a pig (laughs) and this is what happens after you eat. Right. Like eating is like sex. Yeah. But no, man, not now. Now I eat and after I'm done eating, I'm full, but I'm not in a coma. Yeah. It's weird. It's a totally different experience for me because my basically my whole life i mean i'm italian mostly and most of my life i grew up eating like that eating pasta and bread with almost every meal and when i stopped eating it it was like oh oh oh, this is what I've been dealing with my whole life for no reason like every time i eat i would eat these big giant meals and be like oh i just kick back and yeah i know that feeling that i don't get that anymore now i eat and, you know, obviously my body's digesting. I feel full, yeah. but I don't feel, like, sedated. Los Angeles is great for that. New York is good for that. But, like, when you travel, do you have a hard time finding the food that you want? Steak and salad. You know, steak, steak salad. salad, chicken salad. I'm not uh, ridiculous about it because I don't have celiac disease, so yeah. it's not like I have to avoid it. So, you know, if something is breaded or, you know, it doesn't kill me. It just, it just I think it sets me back a little bit. I, yeah. think, I think your body's not designed to pro there's there's wheat that we eat today is very different from the wheat that people ate 100 years ago. Yeah. In the 1950s and 60s is when they started engineering wheat to be more hardy, so for better yields and so it could survive pesticides and whatnot. And that wheat is much more difficult for people to process. It just is. It's a fact. That's a science. Yeah. I mean, there there is science behind that. So when you know people talk about, oh, it's just another fad, it's just another fad, it's actually not. You know, there there are most certainly fads. You know, as far as you know, like the Atkins diet and all these various diets that can work. You know, they they can have an effect. You know, you you go into ketosis, I guess it's called, and you know your body starts burning fat instead of carbohydrates. And I tried that, I didn't like it at all. This is very different. This to me seems like cutting out something that my body really just doesn't enjoy processing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I still look. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a perfect eater. I still eat ice cream and I still drink milk. And what do you do about pizza? Gluten free pizza? I don't. I tried. It's dog wow. shit. It's dog shit. Wow. I haven't had pizza in a long it's fucking time. Hard for time. me not to have pizza. Yeah, I haven't had pizza in like. It's been at least six or seven months since I've had, except some gluten free pizza, which was a. I just uh, I made a tweet about it. I said I'm having gluten free pizza to let you know that you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever. Just don't. It's not pizza. It's nonsense. Yeah. Someone said there's a good kind out there, but I think they're just those fucking people that don't want to believe. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, as far as like health, I think the majority of people don't get enough. The big issue I think, as far as like nutrition is, is green leafy vegetables. And, uh, and, and, and a lot of vegetables. Like, yeah. People just don't eat enough vegetables. And if you don't eat enough vegetables and you also don't take vitamins, like, yeah. good luck. You know, your, your body's just basically operating on proteins and carbohydrates and whatever the fuck it can find. But 
you're not getting enough vitamins. You're just not. Like the idea of a balanced diet, most people's diet are they're not even close to balanced. Yeah. It's it's like I've watched friends like been like on on the road like comics. I've been with them for every meal, you know, and I've watched what they eat and yeah. I'm like, "You you're not getting anything." Yeah. Like you got you got an egg in there. Yeah, there's some bread in that and yeah. I think there's a piece of lettuce there. Like, "Where the fuck are you getting your vitamins from, man?" Yeah. I think I'm in that boat. <laughs> Do you take supplements? You take yeah, I vitamins? Do now. I just started to like two months ago. Just started, really? <laughs> wow, <laughs> you're so disappointed. No, it's, just, it's interesting. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. do you, did you notice a difference happen. once you started taking vitamins? Yeah, I feel better. Yeah, I feel better. I have your body's not starving. Yeah, your vitamins starved. I am vitamin starved. Yeah, but most of us are. Yeah, and if you eat the average well, quote unquote average American diet, you're vitamin starved. Yeah. It's it's hard to travel and be healthy. I Fuck find. yeah, it is. It's I mean, very hard. When I started doing, I started doing yoga when I travel. Oh, and I feel better. I feel a lot better doing that. That's because all the girls with yoga pants in the class. It makes you feel better too. Is that what it is? I'm excited. Maybe I'm misunderstanding the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> no yoga. Well, because if a that doubt. was the, I could just go to the <clears throat> yoga pants. Sure. Yeah, you could just go to a strip club and you feel great. <laughs> well, I started going to strip clubs on the road, and I just, uh, I really, it really picked me up. <laughs> I started feeling I more excited. Down, I, wrote, I, I wrote down a strip club name. I played Largo the other night, and there's a place across from it that I don't know what it's called in the phone book, but the name on the outside of the door is Star Strip. This is all the same font and font size. Star Strip, totally nude, live nude, girls, girls, girls. The Starship on La Cienega. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I had a bit about that. A true story. Um, where the girl was dancing, and I said, hey, do you, do you like doing this? She goes, I don't talk to guys who come here. And I said, well, why? I mean, it's an open door. I mean, like, nice people can come through, too. And she goes, well, most guys who come here, they only come here for one reason. I mean, why did you come here? Yeah. Like, she was, like, shutting me down. Yeah. And I said, because someone told me there was a place that I could do, go where I could see a strange girl's pussy for a dollar. Okay. <laughs> and that was the joke. Like, I'm the asshole. You know? All I did is show up where you work. All right? I'm not a bad person because you work oh. here. You know? Different people go to different places for different to, reasons. I used to go to strip clubs a lot, and you know what turned me off? I was in Nashville once. I saw a commercial on TV for a strip club, and I was like, I would like, that seems fun. I'll go there. <laughs> and, uh, and I went, and then I gave the, the guy my ID when I walked in, and he goes, Hey, Mike Brambiglia, I, I like your comedy. And I was just like, I'm never going to a strip club again. I've never gone back. Why? Because you don't I, want I, people I, to know I, you? I like the anonymity of it. I don't want to be, uh. I don't want anyone to. Watch me watch someone be naked. I just, I'm not. I can't handle that. You need a wig and a fake mustache and a yeah, do you fake have ID. One? A wig or a fake mustache? A wig and a fake mustache. I can I get would... you one. We're in Hollywood. There's plenty of stores. Yeah, I. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I. Sorry, it took so long for me to get to the point. But uh, yeah, do you have like a costume I could wear? Because. Uh... <laughs> Because I really want to go to strip really clubs. Dying to go to strip clubs. No, I need no, to be I, I, no, it's funny because you, you should say that about you're asking like why why you're why the woman was there and everything because that's that was when I used to go to strip clubs. That was what I was most interested in. Yeah, the story. I want to know the story. Yeah. How did you get here? And, and some of and them, maybe maybe it's kind of mean spirited in some way, but I actually it is interesting to me. I don't think it's mean spirited. 
No, I mean, you can have a... I've, look, I have been to many a strip club in my day, and I've had some fun conversations with girls who are dancers, where yeah. it wasn't demeaning, it wasn't uh, I mean asshole-ish. it respect- yeah. I meant it respectfully when I would do it. I've talked yeah. to very nice people that just yeah. happen to be dancers. There's nothing wrong with it, man. I look, agree. I think there's a weird sort of a connection between stand-up comics and strippers anyway, because... The, the, our, our worlds are so odd in comparison to the average person. Oddly similar, I think. In a lot of ways, and yeah. I, well, because stand-up comedy, you're as naked as you can be yes. verbally, and you're talking about your, you're talking about your life. Yeah. The best comedians, essentially, is like you're like watching them naked in a certain way. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, and that's obviously with strippers, literally. Yeah, and you're also living this weird alternative life. That most people can't relate to. Most people with nine to five jobs can't relate to. Yeah, you very know? strange. Yeah, like if you date a stripper and she comes over your house at three o'clock in the morning after she gets off work, and you know she's got her little glitter bag full of money, and you know, it's like we're both weird. You know, I just got done telling jokes and you know drinking on stage, and here you got off stage. That's they're weird lives. They're- Being an actor is a weird life. If you date an actor, it's strange. Yes, and, but in a more a less naked. Way yeah, the, but your wife opposite. or girlfriend's like making out with some guy in the day. That's at true. Work over and over again. That's ridiculous. Take after take. Fuck that. Yeah, I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. I've seen people like watch their wives or girlfriends uh, make out with uh, other guys, like tongue and everything, and, yeah. like, and watch him and watch her and watch him and watch her and go, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But the acting thing is like the opposite of being naked. It's like putting on a fucking outfit. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I don't think it's naked at all. I think the acting is, is, is putting on like armor. It's putting on like this armor of this bullshit character that some writer created and you're pretending to be this person. Whereas... No, but I think the best ones are opening up. Opening up? Yeah. They're opening up their souls. I think the best ones. Yeah. The best actors. Hmm. I mean, they become that guy, but I mean like... Okay, here's a perfect example. Uh, Christian Bale in The Machinist, he wasn't really an anorexic that, was, uh, that couldn't sleep. I mean, yeah. he, he forced himself to do that. He just became that guy yeah. for that role. It was, yeah. a, it, was a, he, it was an affectation. He put it on. Yeah. It was a, a costume. It was a, you know, a role he played. It wasn't him. It yeah. was who he decided to be. I mean, you, we can find uh, areas in ourselves. That's one of the weirdest fucking. Wow, that is so weird. That he was both of those guys. Right now, it's yeah. him next to uh, him outrageous. as Batman when he was fucking swole, Whoa. which is only like six months later, I think. The one, the photo on the left is real. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What? He starved himself. He ate like a can of tuna and an apple like every day. That's like all he ate, and he got down to an insanely small. Uh, size, I think he was down like 130 pounds or something ridiculous like that. He's a big guy, and then he went up to 200 plus when he played Batman. Yeah, yeah, pretty nuts, man. That guy's nuts. That 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 thing that they do. Like I just got back from um, uh, last weekend. I saw Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, I heard Matthew that's great. McConaughey. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. I heard it's great. I have a friend who always shits on Matthew McConaughey and thinks that Matthew McConaughey's acting is terrible. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey's like his ego is transparent in his acting. It's mostly because my friend's an actor. But uh, I said, dude, you got to watch Dallas Buyers Club and then shut the fuck up. Yeah. The guy knocks it out of the park. Yeah. He's fantastic in it. I saw two movies this weekend. I saw, I saw the Catching Fire. I liked it. What's Catching Fire? The... Hunger, Hunger Games? Games movie. How dare you say that? Why? Nothing. 
I know everybody makes fun of me. I like Gravity. I don't know. Gravity I, was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, you know what I thought found was fascinating about Gravity was watching Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, tweet about all, yeah, everything that's wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the movie and then watching people attack him because oh did they I yeah, didn't see that part of it. I saw a lot of that because Neil deGrasse Tyson is like he's one of those guys that I don't think ever takes heat you know because he's such a nice guy he's so brilliant he's so like well informed about the ways of the universe and so excellent at expressing himself He's like one of the best representatives of science I think we have today. Yeah. And he always gets love everywhere he goes. Like every, I mean, there's all these uh, internet memes with pictures of him. Yeah. And then this came out and he starts correcting the movie. <laughs> yeah. And the fucking hate. You can't correct a Sandra Bullock movie. You just can't. Yeah. You can't hate on Sandra Bullock. They fucking went after him. Wow. Neil deGrasse Tyson says his criticisms of gravity are a compliment to its quality. Huh? Well, that's that's because he took a, th- took the hit. The right to be the, to earn the right to be criticized is a high compliment indeed. What? Hmm. That sounds like a guy who's fucking feeling the heat. <laughs> wow. He's talking nonsense. He's feeling the, the heat. I love them. Some people criticize the story of the movie, and I was like, you know, I I felt like ten minutes in, I was like. I got my $15 worth. I never thought that I'd know what it felt like to go to space. Yeah. I love the fact that everything was silent. Me too. You're like in the middle of the explosions and all this shit, it's silent, and yet you're still freaking the fuck out. It was actually more effective, I thought. Did you see the director's movie Children of Men? Children of Men, yes. I saw he directed that. Yeah. That's oh, a did he? Great film, yeah. That was the one where people are like the males or like the people can't breed or something. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The um the thing that I found was most fascinating about gravity um was the just the idea that people do really go up there and really do stay up there for long periods of time yeah. in space and they really are in grave danger and they and this this possibility of things colliding in space junk it's a very real real problem yeah there's fucking thousands of things floating around above the earth yeah thousands. No, it's so insane. I'd lo- I'd love John August, the screenwriter, made this point that I think is kind of brilliant about it, which is what's exciting about the movie is it's a hundred million dollar movie, major budget movie where the the lead character doesn't save the world; she just saves herself, mm-hmm. and that's powerful. Yeah, what people didn't like, though, a lot of people didn't like the George Clooney guy because it was just so. And the other thing was like when he lets go, when he has to yeah. let go because it's pulling him away. Yeah, there's no momentum in space. People said the science yeah. of it's wrong. Yeah, the science of it too. is so wrong. I was fine with that though because I don't know much about science. <laughs> the science is not just wrong about that; it's also wrong about the positions of the various space stations. Yeah, like they're not anywhere near each other like what she did by skipping from one to the next yeah. would be absolutely completely impossible they're yeah. they're not in the same hemisphere they're nowhere near each other i just gave it the benefit benefit of the doubt because she had that weird divorce <laughs> because of jesse james he gave this movie the benefit of the doubt that's how it works yeah, I was in like, this I'm world gonna let it go with the science stuff just because she's had a hard time the last couple of years yeah that's sweet of you yeah well I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of anything space. I think space is probably the most overlooked thing in the, in the history of, of humanity. It's incredible. We just don't have enough light. I feel that way about the sea. The sea is another one. Yeah, the yeah. sea and space are the two most interesting places. I think. 
Yeah, the sea less so for me, but still pretty fucking fascinating. You know, it's basically like a jungle underwater. I loved what you were tweeting the other day about blackfish because I think that that's a great cause. Oh yeah, we had uh, the, Phil Demers, who was a, uh, a trainer over yeah. at uh, Sea World or whatever the fuck it was, Marine Land in Canada. That was depressing and I know. shit. It's miserable, but it's good that you're tweeting about it because it's a good cause. Yeah, I, I, I agree it is. Um, the sea life, very fascinating to me. Yeah. And intelligent sea life, even more so. I just think people are very this, – this is not funny or – and I don't – neither here nor there. But I just think people are generally unwilling to accept sea life and animals as having an intelligence that we just don't understand. Well, they certainly do. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When when you talk to people who understand orcas or or, yeah. or dolphins, they're very intelligent. Yeah. They're just intelligent in a different way because they don't alter their environment. Yeah. And as we were talking about space, about how fascinating space is, that the real issue is if we treat intelligent life forms on this planet that we can't understand the way we do, and especially helpless ones, essentially helpless ones like orcas yeah. and dolphins, they really can't do anything you know, to, to prevent us from doing what we want them in, to do. Yeah. They really can't prevent us from kidnapping them. They, they can just try to run away, yeah. but they can't fight back. They, they really can't do anything. What, are, what, are, what, are, what is an alien race going to do to us? Do oh, they ever get God. a hold of us? Oh, I'm so they, worried. They see how we treat intelligent life forms. Why would they respect us? Why would they want to do anything? Why would they, you know, why would they be kind? Why would they give us information? Why would they try to help us evolve? They it's, would go. Well, it's going to go. Aliens is going to go, and it's not an if; it's a when. When the aliens come, <laughs> or we arrive at the aliens, it's going to go one of two ways: we enslave them, they enslave us. Yeah. that's it. That's the only version of what can happen. Or we eat them, or they eat us, <laughs> yeah. or we fuck them, or they fuck us. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you do you um, ever uh, get a chance when you're doing all your travel? Do you ever get to, a chance to go to any observatories, like the Keck in Hawaii, uh, or you know any of the uh, telescopes? Yeah, I try to. Yeah, I haven't done it recently, but yeah, I try to. One of the most life changing things I've ever done, besides psychedelic drugs and having kids, is uh, going to the Keck Observatory. And where is that? It's on the Big Island of Hawaii. Oh, okay. The fucking view of the stars is so mind blowing; you can't believe it's real. Wow. Because you're you're on the island. It's 9,000 feet above sea level is the visitor's place. And then there's the, the main observatory, oh, which wow. is even higher than that. That's you're insane. Literally, I'm looking at the picture. It's yeah. unbelievable. You're above the clouds. That's literally above the clouds. As we were driving, you know, um, I was with my family and we were like, oh, this sucks. It's cloudy. We're going to miss it. This is not going to work because we're going we're gonna to get up there and we're not going to be able to see through the clouds. But then you pass through the clouds. And then you look up, Whoa. and that's nothing. What, what you're seeing really? there, yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> well, well, La- well I, the only thing I can compare to this is Alaska. Have you ever been to Alaska? Yes. Like, Amazing. Fairbanks yeah. is unbelievable. I highly recommend. People listening to this, I've never been to Hawaii, and I want to go there. People who have never been to Alaska should go to Alaska if you have the means. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Because it is, they, say, you know, they call it the last frontier and everything. But it really is. It's undiscovered areas. It's uncultivated areas. And it's stunning. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I went uh, salmon fishing with Ari Shafir. Wow. We went up there this year uh, in July. And we uh, caught salmon and did a gig up there. And I fell in love with the place. It's incredible. Anchorage is incredible. 
really fucking cool people too. Like there's yeah. a there's a quality to the people that up that live up there because they're they're living in a legitimate wilderness. Yeah, they have a city, and that city is surrounded by absolute legit wilderness. Like someone on the University of Anchorage campus last year got killed by a fucking moose. Yeah, it happens. A moose came on the campus and stomped someone to death. Yeah, and that's like part of their life. Well, that's the thing. The, the students are very competitive. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was about, Mike Birbiglia. Well, you I didn't think read it was the same article. Wild. No, no, I talked to the guy who was there. <laughs> no. My friend is actually a professor um, at, uh, at, at the university. I got to head, I'm going to Conan right now. I got to drive there. Mike I have no wallet. Birbiglia has no wallet. So if you get in an accident. I'm and, screwed. And it's the same sort of a situation as the last time, you'll be doubly screwed. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about my whole day, to be honest with you. You on Conan tonight? Yeah, tonight. What time is uh, Conan? I think Conan's there? on at eleven on TBS. And there's a new show after Conan now. Doesn't somebody else have a show now? Yeah, Pete Holmes. Very Pete funny. Holmes. Pete Holmes. But has it started yet? Yeah, he's really funny. Yeah, no, I mean, it's I haven't, really good, I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, it's, it's you're saying on, like you're it's defending on. him. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying Pete Holmes isn't funny. Pete Holmes uh, is very funny. No, it's uh, how dare you? You know, it's it, it's on TBS. I think it's in reruns right now, but it was on for a few weeks, and then I think they're waiting here whether or not it gets picked up. But it's yeah, it's great. So your new CD is called My Girlfriend's, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Yeah. It's available now. Girlfriend, iTunes, Spotify. It, yeah, girlfriendsboyfriend.com is the site. But uh, Burbigs.com is your website. Yeah. Burbigs is your Twitter. Yeah. B I R B I G S. Yeah. All that stuff. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, so man. Fun, man. I'm sorry we uh we, we had a little um miscommunication. I thought uh you we were going back and forth i thought you meant last this week, week or something i thought you meant this week oh yeah, yeah that you were coming in town this week but you were actually this is your last day right you're here yeah that worked all fine though well next time you're here man let's do a longer one people love you thank you and oh wow go buy it go buy a cd it's hilarious i'm sure all your, all your stuff is great you're Thanks. very very funny comic and Thanks, uh check them out tonight on conan on tbs and uh that's it you fucks all right <laughs> we'll uh we'll be back later today with the wonderful cliffy b from epic games formerly of epic games cliffy is a a, a renegade on his own now he gives zero fucks uh, thank you to our sponsors thank you to lumosity thanks go to lumosity.com forward slash joe and click the start training button get your learn on son pump your brain up get your freak on and thanks also to Squarespace. Squarespace.com uh, is the website. Use the offer code Joe and the number 12. That's one word. Joe and the number 12 and save 10% for a limited time. That's Squarespace.com. Joe, number 12, one word. Save yourself 10% off. And Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word Rogan and save 10% off any and all supplements. All right. Um, it is right now 1.30. We will be back in uh, an hour and a half. So we'll see you guys soon. 